All right, episode two of Record Plug Magazine's podcast. This is Atlanta and Athens mostly. We're, the print magazine covers Atlanta and Athens, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to limit it to that on the podcast. I think we can't. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of stuff to cover in Atlanta and Athens, but you know, we, okay, I get, we can. Okay, I, I take it back. We can. We can. I mean, you, but, you sent me a list of 70 bands that we haven't been able to touch on or something. Like um, that. it's over 100 now. It's over 100 we're, bands that we haven't been able to cover in Record Plug yet. That's crazy. Uh, and like, there's a lot that we. That's only the bands that uh, we normally consider to be ready. Yeah. Um, normally the idea to get a. Um, story and record plug we want to have at least a release uh some yeah. form of documented recordings of your songs an ep a seven inch an album whatever yeah. we want that uh that list of 100 plus bands that we haven't been able to cover uh is actually all the bands that already have releases out and under them right there's an entire monster list that you don't have yet and that's what of up and coming bands yeah. that that have like a single or a couple yeah. of singles or they're about to record they only have video up right mm -hmm. now and and we're, i'll happily go try to record some live live stuff um some venues are better than others and finally i can record something that isn't up and down for tiktok <laughs> which i can't stand i hate right. doing that you know we tried the tiktok thing for a while and it just was not working for record plug like nobody it's just there's not a lot of local focus on that well, but, furthermore, we're older guys, and TikTok's the kids, man. Not anymore, man. Really? There's a lot of, there's a lot of old fogies on TikTok these I, days. I haven't, I haven't even logged on to TikTok in like three weeks or something. Like I've that. never logged on to TikTok. Yeah, like you, like yeah, it's it's a lot of olds. It's a lot of Gen Xers. A lot of it's not quite boomerish, but it's definitely a lot of Gen Xers. Yeah. I still resisted Threads. Threads is the only thing going right now. Now. Look, it's not going to last because as soon as they start putting ads, start putting ads on there, you know they'll inshitify it pretty mm -hmm. quickly. But Threads is is happening for music right now. I'm not on Twitter. Threads is Instagram but text, so it's the same okay. ecosystem. So like all the music folks are on already on Instagram, so it just worked perfectly. But Instagram, yeah. I watch stories. I'll, I watch people's stories. You watch you watch the the reels from Instagram when they're like four weeks old from tiktok yeah i mean if someone posted in their stories right um like i watch sure. reels like an adult with a job and um i mean i'm still on facebook so there's the boomery part That's but i'm not a boomer boom. i'm gen x there's a big Sorry. difference there is a big difference and big difference need to understand that did you write any of the uh, divining rods this month um i don't know i did but i don't remember what they are because things just bleed together over time yeah yeah i wrote world series that man that album is incredibly good if you like yeah they just, they just played um 529 oh did they really man no that was the world's because they're they're from new Sorry, zealand that was the world's greatest yeah i doubt, bad, I, I doubt they're making it over here they're, they're rubber out here dirty cloud maul what's your favorite out of those i don't know well i'm not gonna say it because i don't know how to pronounce it <laughs> but I, i'm in love with this record and i can't believe i'm in love with it it's not an angry maul. it's an angry feminist gear gender fluid yeah noise band okay and they're freaking phenomenal holy shit man it's so good I'll check that um out. the divining rod is probably the hardest section to write for it is because you have to encapsulate it succinctly and then find 
fondly reminds us of. I, I like see. bands I, that don't remind me of anyone. Well, sure, but that's impossible. Well, um, uh, okay. I I like the sentiment of uh, fondly reminds us of, but right. um, it is tough to do sometimes. Rubber utter. Butthole surfers. They sound like butthole surfers a bit. They got other stuff in there. Uh, one song that I like a lot oddly reminded me of early Soul Asylum, but there's no way in hell I'm going to say Rubber Order reminds me of Soul Asylum. But I know I'm what you mean. I'm not going to do it. Right. I know what you mean. You're talking about <laughs> and the horse they rode in on Soul yes. Asylum. Not. But most people hear that and they think the singles on the radio. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, that, that, uh, reminds us of his off limits i'm not going there yeah but it's totally on target no, um, no, no i totally understand and then how do you tell someone that a band has influences of early soul asylum and the butthole surfers and try to have someone make sense of that if if someone said that to me i would check it out well have you checked out rubber rudder yet i haven't i'm going to well i mean i thought you read this i don't read my magazine okay i understand <laughs> I'm that way with Q and A's. I don't read the Q and A's. I, I I don't read these things until they've been out for like you know a month or more. Okay. Sometimes we're, it's just everything's a blur. We're we're just trying to get these things out. Oh, I understand. I I totally understand. All right, so we're gonna do a continuation on the Brainiac article. This is part two. I did this in two different interviews. Uh, I just couldn't get them all together, and I, it's kind of easier to like interview one person than multiples. Right. And so after I interviewed John. Uh, something we used to do back in the day was kind of have like funny little setup questions for people. And so we stuck with that for record plug. And because I had Tyler coming on the, the drummer, I had Tyler coming up in a couple of days. John gave me some kind of trick questions to throw at, to throw at Tyler. One was who won the cure game? And, the cure uh, game. The As cure, in the band The, the Cure, cure huh? I mean, he didn't tell me it was about the band The Cure. I'm just okay. supposed to ask him about The Cure game. Who knows? Maybe they're playing Doctor. I have no clue. Gotcha. But it, you're right. It's about the band The Cure, of course. They were all friends in junior high school. But you couldn't stream music back then. And, you know, you had to hack, actually have a physical copy. Right. And they all liked The Cure. And John got the elusive copy of a Cure album that no one else could get. They only got one of the record store and John went home with it. And John's uh, from the lead guy from Eno, not Tim, but the other side lead guy. And so John went home with it and wouldn't let anyone listen to it. And nobody wanted to listen to it. And they're really mad about it. You know, John, I want, can we hear it? Can we hear it? He goes, well, you're going to have to take my quiz of cure questions. And if you get my cure questions right, you can come over and listen to the record. So they all had to do their homework to make sure they could pass John's quiz. When John let them... When they got the questions right, John let him let him come up to his room and said, "Okay, you passed my quiz. Now listen." They sat down in his room. They listened to that Cure record all the way through. It was like, "Holy crap, this is so good!" And from that point, he talks about how John's parents drove them somewhere in a car and the to go see the cure together and it's, it's silly so what album was this stuff. though i can't remember it's was, in the it's in the recording oh, okay i can't remember it's got to be disintegration i would think no it was earlier than that it was oh, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so but i don't know it was kind of funny and um but he tells the story about it and i shouldn't tell it why don't tyler tell it all right okay Beautiful. i have to wonder who won the cure game the Cure game. Um, 
Well, I think John was the true winner because he was the he was the taskmaster. But um, you talking about the quiz? Yeah, yeah. I know. I, John John set me up with the questions for you. Yeah. Oh, it was the best. <laughs> so I I to this day exceeds right here. Cure poster from Cleveland this past summer. That's my favorite band of all time. The Cure got me through uh, seventh grade, a horrible divorce with my parents. Like they're just like near and dear to my heart. And I fell in love with them like late sixth grade, seventh grade, and just started grabbing everything I could. And back then, you know, their early stuff was the fiction stuff was really hard to find. Uh, So Three Imaginary Boys was like a white whale. Like, now you just go to any record store and buy it. But back then, I mean, nobody had it. And John had, like, the sire, like, the U.S. version of it. And so me and Jeremy, we were just dying to hear it. And he would not play it for us unless we correctly answered, like, a 10-question quiz. Oh, now it all makes sense. Yes. And so we had to study up on our Cure histories. Uh, so that we could pass his test, so that he would just play it, not give it to us, just let us listen to it. So and you did pass the 10 questions. Passed it, heard it. First attempt? Had no idea that, I think so, actually. We were cure nuts. Okay. Had no idea there was a Jimi Hendrix song on there. It was mind-blowing. <laughs> 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 and then later, John and I, my dad, my poor dad, uh 1987 he drove us all the way to cleveland to see the prayer tour disintegration just me and john so yeah beautiful he would not explain to me what the cure game was but larry because there's a story there and he was (laughs) he does stir stir up a lot of crap (laughs) he does He's, he's wily So one of the bands that, you know, it's funny, we talked about TikTok a little earlier. You don't use TikTok at all. I did use it pretty heavily for a little bit there and have kind of waned. But one of the bands I found on TikTok, Atlanta band, was... Los Ojos Muertos. Yeah, that's right. And they've been very active on... The Dead Eyes. Yes. They've been very active on TikTok and I was uh, uh, waiting for them to put something out so that we could cover them. And I'm glad you were able to do that, so... Uh, interesting band. Uh, they've been together for about a year, uh, maybe a little over a year, but let's say a year. And they range every everything between like a thrashy, screaming, growling right. punk band to odes to like Pat Benatar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really does work. You know, that's a weird Atlanta like <laughs> punk thing. There's always yeah. a Pat. I mean, one of the bands that I was in years mm-hmm. ago had that same kind of art punk. Pat Benatar vibe going. It's strange. So this is probably shallow on my end, but when I hear a band come out with a lot of the growls and yells and screams, it always catches my attention when it cuts to a song and holy crap, they can really yeah, they're really sing. building it out. Yeah, they yeah. have a vocal that's solid, and yeah. the growls are obviously by choice. It's not yeah, because yeah. that's their vocal range. It's like no. Nah. Uh, no, yeah, no is another one that yeah. that I first heard um, "Weed Them and Reap," which is the video that has her singing vocals and all that. Yeah, yeah. And then I heard um, the second video. The title is "If You Don't Respect My 
No, if you can't respect my big goddamn dick, we're gonna have a fucking problem, or that's not something right. like that. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah. it's I I should have practiced that title. I didn't know till now. Yeah. And um, vocals a little little rougher that well a lot rougher there, yeah. really growly. Then I saw them live, and I almost hit under a table the first time because I was not expecting <laughs> the amount of vitriol coming coming from them. It just yeah amazing and you can still break into the vocal on stage and knock out the singing parts yeah absolutely uh, blown away we should have dave on yeah here. yeah we should totally get dave in. dave's got nog came out with a new record uh and his other band desk rabbits which is more of a poppy band mm-hmm. uh well desk rabbits and Nog both released a record a couple months ago on the same day yeah so we should have dave in and have dave represent both of them. Yeah, that'd be great. Two and one. But back to Los Ojos Muertos. Yes. How about that? Is that better? Dude, you nailed it. Los Ojos Muertos. Yes, dude, you even sound like you have an accent. That's so good. <laughs> it's a little Ricardo Montalban, <laughs> and I'm impressed. Montalban. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I should be like a tattoo and just like follow you around. There you go. Yeah, the plane. That's where I learned everything I know. Hey, man. I've been spending more Fantasy time. Fantasy Island. I, the more every time I hang out with uh, members from Ladrones, I feel like I pick up a new word, and I'm like, "Am I getting smarter, or just really that dumb?" <laughs> um, I get this, so practice it with me. I'm like, "Oh shit, here we go again." <laughs> oh man, but back to Los Ojos Muertos. So they've been around for about a year. And part of what was so interesting, because you had mentioned that you saw them on TikTok. Yeah, they were very and active on TikTok. you were kind of following them as they went along to see when they'd have a release. And it seems like originally they were playing you know, house parties and smaller mm-hmm. smaller gigs. Then as the recording came out and other people started hearing about them, they started having this momentum that was actually really fast. Yeah, uh, they they started getting more gigs. They're playing now regularly once, twice, maybe up to three times a month. You know, they they and they are they're steadily going. They're still writing more music, uh, kind of taking a little bit of time to play fewer shows and just get some recording done. Uh, they've been sitting on a lot of new songs, but additionally too, they've gotten to a point within a year where they just they just played Forty Fast, which is a it's a huge punk festival. Yeah, it is. And they've um, only done like shows for like they really for- six months, right? They just formed right when the last Forty Fest was happening. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a quick, it's a quick uh, catapult upward. Mm-hmm. Uh, really impressive. And they put that single out, um, "Fuck Cop City," and was that the first thing they put out? No, that was a follow up. They put out the first EP, which I believe had six songs, and then uh, they released "Fuck Cop City" after that. Okay. And the part about the momentum is that it's not just you and me seeing it. They realize, they recognize the fact that they've, they're moving really quickly, really fast, you know. Well, let's hear them talk about it. Yeah. Here's Los Ojos Muertos talking about their momentum. So as far as the band, uh, how did you all meet and get together? Yeah. So Matthew and I are married. So mm-hmm. that was already... 13 years. Yeah, 13 years. Uh, and then... We met Marvin through some mutual friends that were neighbors of ours at the time. During the pandemic. Yeah, during yeah. the pandemic. We were all in lockdown, talking over the fence to each other. Uh, that just felt like definitely Matthew and Marvin would hit it off. Um, and they weren't wrong. So 
Damn. Yeah, we started, we we hit it off. We skated together for a while, and then I ended up breaking my ankle, and I haven't really been back on the board since. Yeah. I keep talking about it, but. So you got Marvin, but you're four-piece, right? Yeah, four-piece. so then our drummer, Gabe, we met via social media um, on TikTok, randomly. Mm-hmm. Kind of just got to talking, and then I realized uh, that he literally lived like 20 minutes from us, which was bizarre, because like in the TikTok world, you're like, talking and jamming with people in Ireland or Finland or wherever. And I was like, this dude's in our backyard. That's crazy. Uh, so I remember I need a drummer. Yeah. A drummer, which is, they're so hard to find. So hard. To they're find. unicorns. Yeah. So it's kind of fell in your lap. Yeah. Yeah. One of the first songs that really like, I guess came together was uh doom scroll because that was one of the drum tracks that he had thrown up there and we do edit it. And, um, it was kind of before Marvin had really like joined and started jamming. Cause I've played bass on that one, uh, originally in the thing and, uh, yeah, doom's call. You've got the band together now and you wrote your first song, um, right. recording your first songs after doom's Scroll, How did everything else play out? Cause you cover a mixture of genres and sounds in your, in your first EP. Um, mm-hmm. How did all that come about as far as writing and deciding what direction you're going in and so forth? Yeah. Um, I mean, we knew we wanted to play punk rock. Like that was just, we knew that was the baseline for us. Um, but I think the next one that came was cool summer. That one's a little more poppy. Um, and I think it was just like, us not really sure what direction we wanted to go, but we were just writing things that were like, yeah, that's cool. We like that. We'll do that. Um, and that one has a solid Pat Benatar vibe, which I really kind of, kind of was not expecting. So when it came across, I really dug it. I appreciate that. Not sure. everyone can growl and sing at the same time. <laughs> um, you either growl or you sing. Um, yeah. it's really nice to hear bands that, and vocalists who can match the same, to match both, uh, within the same context of a set or, or a, of a record and none of them feel forced it all feels very natural and really well done thank you i appreciate that it's uh it's fun evolving uh, like even doom scroll was super awkward at first because it was more like singy yelly uh and just kind of as we progressed i you know i've always liked screamy stuff like i grew up well we grew up on hardcore unlike yeah in the hardcore scene and so listening to grind and screamo and all that stuff so for me it was like I like this thing and I want to do this thing. So I just slowly started pushing it a little more. And then I was like, oh, I think I think I can do this thing. Yeah. So I also understand that you're working on new material. We are, yes. And you re started recording. Haven't yet. We're we're, we're in the beginning okay. stages of it. Yeah. Okay. So you're writing. Uh where's the song direction going now? Um it's Definitely, I guess, more on the thrashy side. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we're going to do rocking things yeah, that we've got. A lot of rock and roll. But um, a good good chunk of it is leaning more thrashy. Can you kind of contrast your your first show versus your last show? It's been mm-hmm. about a year now, right? Yeah, almost a year to the T. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, speak one on of the years in November. November right? last yeah, year November. was our first show. Yeah, yeah. I know Handicapolis was on it, and Red Hot was on it. Um, yeah, uh, the Red Hot empty piece and the new issue is really turned out pretty good. Yeah, yeah. we saw the like, uh, is it like the pyro? The pyro ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a fun stage. You have to be very comfortable, not just on stage, but in the audience of having like fire that close to you and, and happening around. Yeah. Which um, is really yeah. fun, but there's <laughs> always that element. There is a legitimate element of danger. It's not just the perception. It's it's there. Look who you're walking. Yeah. Uh, you recorded a song and you put it out called Fuck Cop City. Yes. Um, when writing that and putting it out, uh, what were you trying to communicate? And did you do it well? I mean, I feel like it's pretty uh, cut and dry <laughs> as far as what the message is. Very straightforward. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what kind of response did you get? Um, I mean, I feel like overwhelming. It's, yeah, actually. I feel like it's been a really great response. Um, you know, it's nice to uh, hear the solidarity, like when you play it. Um, on even on like Spotify, like it picked up fairly quickly in comparison to you know, the EP that we had released. So I appreciated that for sure. Um, it's just, you know, it's, it's not a good situation and it sucks. And uh, we wanted to have a stance on it. Um, and definitely, I mean, I think there's something needs to be said about it. And that, that was our way of voicing our opinion on it. So yeah, I hear a lot of vitriol and a lot of anger about it, which is justified, totally justified. I live a mile away. I, I get it. Um, but I'm surprised that more bands aren't actually putting out songs like protest oriented toward this thing. As yeah. far as I can recall, or that I know, you may be one of the only ones. I don't, I, we talk about this a lot, um, mm -hmm. in the punk rock scene now, um, we grew up with a lot of like political oriented punk rock. Um, mm -hmm. it's kind of how we started out in the scene and like kind of how we've come up and, I've noticed a lot, um, a lot of distance in that the older I get in the scene and stuff. So I think yeah. that's one of the things that we kind of hope to bring back and inspire mm -hmm. is that, you know, we can talk about these political issues and still be a fun punk rock band at the yeah. same yeah. time. Um, and, 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 and not necessarily still steer people in our direction, but just bring light to a situation to where, Hey, this is an issue. Pick yeah. a side basically. Yeah. It's a serious topic. It's happening right now. It's being widely ignored by local politics as to what people are, want and feel. And I just think it's a messed up situation. So Yeah. Yeah. So your original recordings, where did you record it and who did you record it with? Yeah. So the uh, EP we recorded with Clay from um, Handicapolis and uh, Rotten Stitches. Mm -hmm. Called. stripper yeah <laughs> uh but uh we we recorded at his home recording studio um and then the fuck cop city track we recorded with his buddy travis at his home recording studio as well so uh was the connection for handicapitalists put together at your first show gabe has a long history with clay they've been friends since okay. high school, so mm -hmm. yeah they they've played in um convicts of society, society. Yeah. yeah that one um so they've been like they've been hanging out and playing music together forever yeah uh how is recording the first time 
uh, and getting ready to record writing uh, were compared to how it is now? Everything happened so fast at the beginning. Um, it was just, it was, it was like a spark. Um, everything ignited and just things came out. Now, not to say that spark's gone away, but I think now the writing process is a lot more in depth. Yeah. Um, we spend a little more time on it. Um, and we definitely plan on spending more time in the studio um, uh, when we do record the full length that we've got planned coming up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it's, it's just, everything happened so fast at the beginning. It, yeah, I think just, we were just really excited and we wanted to put something out there. So it that came we, together so easily. Yeah. Yeah. We just kind of one song right after the other mm -hmm. in the beginning there for like, yeah. you know, I think it was like six or seven songs just kind of. Yeah. Yes. Right there's not a weak song on the on the ep so it's a really great first release you can't wait you. for the new stuff <laughs> yeah we are yeah so we're really excited about getting the new stuff laid down so jump forward a year and now you're playing 40 fest mm -hmm. uh which is one of the bigger punk festivals in the southeast um that jump how did it feel this time being on stage it was fun and uh we felt really fortunate to get to be a part of it oh, yeah. um and all of the bands were amazing. So you obviously know Bill, uh, who who runs uh, Forty Fest, and um, how did that all come about? How did you end up meeting Bill and getting together with that whole crowd? Yeah, uh, it was random, just a random occurrence. We uh, we had got asked to jump on a show last minute. I don't know if they'd had a lineup change, but um, Handicapitalist reached out to us uh, and asked if we wanted to play. I showed them at Inner Space uh, with this band from Arizona called TV Tragedy, who was also amazing. Um, and so we were like, yeah, and close enough guys, I think we're on that yeah, bill. Yeah, yeah that's nice how we met too. them too. Uh, but yeah, we got up there um, and Bill just happened to come to the show. He had booked it and he was like, holy shit. Yeah. I want you guys on 40 like Fest. <laughs> so we were like, yeah, cool. That's awesome. What are the different venues that you tend to play at more often? I mean, right now, Sweetwater has Sweetwater. been like been really good to us. Um, that's probably been where we've played the most. Mm -hmm. um, and then we've been playing, uh, we've played Boggs a couple of times couple, as yeah. well, mm -hmm. and uh, Mayhem House. So, but the Sweetwater has been probably the most consistent one lately. Yeah. Do you try to play all 80 shows as often or is, or are those harder to come by? Yeah, I would love to do more of those. However, it's uh, it's just been hard for us to like figure out where those are in general. So, yeah. OK, so you kind of played like the the bar circuit for now. And um, it's kind of interesting because a lot of the younger punk bands tend to get their footing in the house parties, then move to it. So you kind of jumped over that a little bit. We were, we were fortunate. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Hey, it sounds like this has been a pretty good year so far. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think 24 is going to be a lot lot better. What do you have on your plate? Uh, well, right now, um, we've, got, uh, we've got Myrtle Beach coming up in February. We've got Sweetwater coming up in February. We've got uh, another festival in March in Alabama. Yeah, Pumpkin Tacos. Um, Pumpkin Tacos. Yeah. Um, We've we're got, recording yeah uh, we've got that coming up um so and that's just the first of the year i know paranoia has reached out to us about doing the haunted house um next year as well so with the new stuff coming out um I, your other one was digital only 
Um, do you have any plans on your physical recordings? Oh, that's the question of the, the hour for sure. Um, there will be. I would like, but we to. don't know yeah. what. Yeah, some form. But there will be some form. Yes. Yeah. So, what do you do for merch when you're doing shows? Mainly shirts, mm -hmm. stickers, buttons. Yeah. Patches. Yeah. Uh, Los Ojos Muertos. Uh, what was the origin of the name? Oh my God, that is a story in itself. <laughs> that, that was yeah, that's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was uh, like a month, two weeks. Two I weeks wish we would have just like kept screenshots of everything. Yeah, we went through a plethora of band names. Let's uh, hear them. Oh God, I don't. We don't remember any. So we finally landed. We finally landed on Los Los Cuatro Muertos. Yeah, was um, the first one. And then out of that, I believe Aloha Malo, the song that we wrote uh, that's on the EP came out of that. Um, and then that kind of evolved into Los Ojos Muertos. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where the name came from. So Aloha Malo um, kind of inspired the band name there. Yeah. I can't remember any Gabe, of the, any Gabe of was a lot of that. help with that. Yeah. Um, Gabe was firing off like, yeah. Yeah. like had, that guy. He's just, got ideas. <laughs> yeah. He's got ideas. Like we were all kind of doing, I mean, I was, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> Gabe and I are both like you guys are really good. bad activators, like in the sense where we just we're like, yeah, let's do that. Let's and then just start doing stuff, which has its pitfalls for sure. We were just struggling with um names being taken or being too close to other things, like it's just getting to the point like with the internet you think you come up with something and you you're searching it and then you're like well that's already that yeah, yeah yeah so we had a we had landed on the first one and then it morphed into los ojos muertos which it fits we it like fits. it i yeah. love it yeah so los ojos muertos does that actually fit into what you're writing and what you're doing is it a suitable band name do you wear it well I think yeah. so. Yeah. Like the dead eyes for me is just, uh, I think it has a lot to do with, um, you know, the spooky, whatever aspect of things, but then also like we're kind of old and jaded and mm -hmm. it's, uh, a lot of what that's about is just feeling old and jaded, but also like, and then there's, I mean, the eyeball plays a little bit in a lot of different ways because it's just something that we like the, you know, the image of just in general. We kind of like these things. And then we all kind of like spooky stuff that evil eyes kind of in there, a little bit mixed into some of that. And then there's also, I don't know, just it seems like some of the stuff we were writing um, and some of the stuff we continue to write, um, at least lyrically, the content seems to be trying to get you to look at something. I don't know how much of that we intended to do off the bat, but it definitely has evolved into this thing, right? So. Yeah. So you have a new release coming out this month, right? Yes. What's it called? It's called Bone Dry. Bone Dry? It's live? live. It's a live track. Sweetwater. Mm -hmm. yeah. Not on the EP, so this is a new track. Yeah. Brand new. So for those who haven't gotten a chance to see you play, um, I believe we have some footage that we can, that we have gotten hold of that we can play for the audience. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, do you got any, uh, this is from Sweetwater, right? Yeah, this was from one of our live shows at Sweetwater as well. Okay, who recorded it? Uh, Chad Evans recorded it. Yeah, Chad? he did it with an old school 8mm camera. So. Oh. <laughs> 
So, show and tell today. Actually, Jeffrey brought my show and tell. I have not seen this. This is what I'm going to be watching. Uh, he stands by it. Uh, this has got Devo, Oingo Boingo, uh, Gary Newman, um, not Gary Glitter. We checked and made sure. The police. Really? The police? Oh, dude. They I got to watch Sting. Stuart, Stuart Copeland made this movie. Did he really? He, 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 he gathered everything together and was like one of the primary people putting it together. Yeah. Is Sting a dick in this? Uh, he just sings vocals, so, I so yes. probably, probably. Um, so anyway, that's my show and tell. I will um, let you know what I think. It's in Yada Mandata era, so they were okay back then. Oh, okay. They're actually really good back then. Okay, you know. okay. And, and then, uh, what do you have for us? Sir? There will be a test, by the way. I, okay, we'll we'll come back to that later. For my show and tell, I have a local band, uh, the latest Seven Inch by Ladrones. Uh, turned out fantastic. Three songs, and to top it off, not only is it a great record with a pink cover. It has bubblegum flavored vinyl. Nice. Mm, you just ruined it. I think they marketed that wrong. It uh, <clears throat> doesn't taste like bubblegum. Tastes like crap. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, they're tasty licks. It's a great record, great seven inch. And since putting this out, they've also released more songs because they keep their freaking music factory. Anyways, that's cool. Uh, they got a new track they just put out, uh, Energy. And it's probably my favorite literal name song, period. That's it for uh, episode two. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube uh, if you can. And if you follow us on the audio version of the podcast, you can find us on, you know, all the usual places, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts. Your mom. Your mom. Yeah. Anywhere. That's Casey. Record Plug Podcast is part of the Headphone Treats Podcast Network.